In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. He is indeed. And a happy Mother's Day to all of our birth givers, and to our spiritual mothers as well. Today's gospel speaks of two different types of food and drink. One type is for the body, the other type is for the soul. The food and drink for the body is the food that the disciples went into the city to buy and the water from Jacob's well. But Jesus speaks of another kind of food and drink, the type of food and drink that nourishes the soul. He speaks of the drink of living water that springs up from our innermost being unto eternal life. And by living water, St. Nikolai says, the Lord means the gracious and life-giving power of the Holy Spirit that he promised to the faithful. Then later in St. John's Gospel, we hear Jesus say, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Spirit was not given yet, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus also speaks of a food that is to do the will of God the Father and to accomplish or to finish his work. And after speaking to them about the spiritual food, he then speaks to them about the spiritual harvest which must be reaped because it is the Father's will. The disciples were not the sowers of the harvest. The Old Testament prophets were the sowers of the harvest. But the apostles and those with them were to become the reapers of the harvest. We might ask, who was the first to begin reaping the harvest that day? Was it one of the twelve? No. It was the woman who had five husbands. The, home, the woman who was living with another one who was not her husband. St. Fotini, which means the enlightened one, brought the whole town out to meet Jesus. Come and see a man who told me everything that I did. And these people were not simply looking for a thrill or a sign or a wonder. St. Nikolai uh, reminds us that <clears throat> the Nazarenes sought to cast the Lord down from the hill to destruction for his words in the temple. When he went in and picked up the scriptures, today the grace of the Lord is upon me. When he explained it, they tried to throw him off the cliff. 
Or the Gadarenes. You remember the Gadarene demoniac? The Gadarenes. They begged him to leave and go away. But these Samaritans, whom the Jews hated, sought that he would tarry with them. The Lord responded to their plea and stayed with them for two days. And the harvest was truly abundant, for as well as those who believed in him because of the woman's word, many more believed because of his own words. And so let us go back and take a closer look at this conversation of the Lord with the Samaritan woman. St. Nikolai says that this is a conversation between the the Lord and the Samaritan woman is really a conversation between God, who is faithful, and the faithless soul. A conversation between the heavenly bridegroom and his bride, the human soul. My soul, your soul. He says, do not rebuke the Samaritan woman, O Christian soul. Do not rebuke her, but ask yourself, who is my husband? Have you not had five husbands already? And is not your present partner someone other than your lawful husband? He goes on to say that the five husbands of the soul are the five senses which our soul is carried off with into the fallen world. And my present partner, my sensual understanding. All the falsehood, the filth that my senses have gathered within myself and piled up as if on a rubbish heap, he says. Is this too difficult for us to contemplate even for a minute? Please allow me to ask several questions which might be regarded as a kind of self-examination. Before we come forward this morning to receive Christ the Lord, our only lawful husband, into our bodies at the time of the Holy Communion, and believe me when I say that I certainly include myself in this self-examination. We're all living our life here together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, forgive me. How much anger and resentment, violence, prejudice, hatred, disillusionment have I received into my soul through various forms of media, calling it the news? or staying informed when I know that it is neither news nor information but rank opinion and partisan politics that I need to taste every day in order to feed my passion of anger. If I think about what I set before my eyes on TV, in movies, on the internet, in terms of what
what I would set before my eyes 40 years ago. 1975. Just by way of example. How much do I let in right through here? How much do I let in without a second thought as to its effect on my soul? How numb have I become to the visual images of fornication, adultery, same-sex behavior, open marriage, divorce, and the like? When's the last time I turned off the TV or walked out of a movie theater for the sake of the protection of my own soul? How much of this fallen world have I let in through sound, touch, taste, smell? How much of this activity have I justified in my own understanding, turning a blind eye to the destructive nature of these things in my own life, and in the lives of people closest to me. I don't know about you, but I feel pretty guilty listening to me talk. <laughs> but before we bury ourselves too deeply in the spiritual mire of our darkened souls. Let's return to this lesson and see how the woman responded to the Lord when confronted with her sins. The Samaritan woman asked Jesus for the living water. Sir, give me this water that I may never thirst nor come here to draw. And what did Jesus do? He revealed her sins. Really? She asked for the, the water, the living water, and he reveals her sins? Go call your husband. This was his response. Go call your husband and come here. Why did he give her the bad news instead of the good news? But what is the good news? Is the good news that Jesus died on the cross for our sins? That's certainly good news. But the good news is this. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this was the good news that he delivered to her on that day. She acknowledged him to be a prophet and in an indirect way asked if he was the Messiah. And when he said, I who speak to you am he, she went into the city as the equal to the apostles. One of the hymns of Great Vespers last night read, The Samaritan woman came to draw water, and when thou seest her, O Savior, thou didst say to her, Give me water to drink, and I will fill thee with everlasting water. And the chaste woman hastened at once to the city and said to the crowds, Come and see Christ the Lord, the Savior of our souls. Her witness to the one true husband of her soul made her a chaste woman. 
In our present situation, we may find ourselves quick to judge those in our nation's capital who disregard or wish to change the traditional view or the traditional definition of marriage. But before we judge too harshly or too swiftly the seat of power in this country, we need to examine ourselves, and I think especially those of the baby boomer generation, who championed the sexual revolution to this nation, and it has now come to full bloom. We must ask ourselves, as it seems our society now wishes to destroy the institution of marriage, if we're not really the ones who destroyed its integrity back in the 60s and the 70s. And it brought upon ourselves the desperate situation in which we find ourselves today. In one of his sermons, St. Nikolai quotes the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened to my words nor my law, but rejected it. And then he says, Brethren, do you see where evil grows and it's ripened? Not in the bosom of God, but in the thoughts of men. He further states that the evil which God will permit on lawless men is the fruit of their own thoughts. Our true husband and savior of our souls patiently waits for us to return to the river of living water, the grace of the Holy Spirit, which we know to be the only hope for our generation, and to go into our cities and our towns to our friends and to our relatives with that call to come and see the one who both offers us the only drink that will satisfy our souls to the one who will reveal to us our sins in our failed and darkened understanding. Christ is risen from the dead, and he has trampled down the death that we have breathed into our innermost being, and he's offered us life, the only true life that comes from worshiping him in spirit and truth, we must accept the truth about ourselves and bow down before Him as we come to Him today in the Holy Communion. Asking Him to forgive us of our sins and to give us the life everlasting and to make us chaste. O Lord, meek and guileless, save us from our own evil, which we alone have nurtured in ourselves. We pray to you to remove the evil fruit of the evil crops and to help us to pluck out the evil seeds from our souls. Amen. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen.